You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Position of a Father. Enjoy. Listen, it's Father's Day. I want to build up the fathers. I want to equip you. I want to strengthen you. Jen, Jen said something, uh, Tringale last Sunday. She said, a pastor is not a person. A pastor is a gift. And I, I, I'm going to talk more about that because I'm not interested in building myself up. I really could care less if anybody knew who I was or where I was from. But I want to build you up. And to be built up, you do have to understand the system God has installed in the earth. The body of Christ and the ministry gifts of apostle and prophet and evangelist and pastor, teacher. And the gifts of the Spirit. There are nine listed in, in Corinthians 12. There are those, and that's not a comprehensive list, but it's the primary nine that are listed. And you have to understand those things and how to operate in them to fulfill your destiny. So fathers, this is for you today. And the, 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 what we're talking about today is the position of a father the position that a father stands in. You may not know this. The world doesn't have a clue about this. The only way you're going to learn this is through the scriptures. So by and large, the generations that have followed mine are fatherless generations. The devil got into families. He got into the church, and families just fell apart. Okay? Dads and moms began to listen to the lies of the enemy, became carnal and selfish, and marriages fell apart, homes fell apart, and you have generations now that don't know what it's like to have a father in their life or in their home. The good news is God is a father to the fatherless. Now, I grew up in a crazy home, so painful, hurt, couldn't wait to get out of there. And I share that with you. I'm not bitter about it, but I want you to know no matter what you've been through, salvation belongs to you. Wholeness is yours. I want you to know I can relate to pain, to fatherlessness. Now, my father technically never left, and I love him, and I've forgiven him, but he wasn't around much. And when he was, you never knew when the next explosion was going to take a place. And you didn't know. I remember I must have been a two or th three, maybe four years old. I remember him just picking me up and throwing me across the room. And my head got jammed underneath the couch in the living room. I remember just kind of peeking back and seeing this fiery face, you know. Those aren't the kind of memories you want to have as a child, right? But God is a healer, all right? And, and I won't go into any more details. Look beyond the negative experiences you've had. Maybe you've had a great father, which is wonderful. Maybe you haven't. No matter where you're at on that spectrum, I want you to know God is the father that you've been looking for. He's a father to the fatherless. So when I came to know Christ at 19, there was a desire in me to be a father. I thought, boy, God, I want to, I really love to have a, a family that, and in the home, the kids were happy to be there. And they look forward to the next day. But I didn't know what a father was. I was kind of scared of God being my father. Because I didn't know, would he act like my dad act? Would he explode one day and throw me across the room? I didn't know. So I began to study the scriptures and say, God, teach me who you are as my father. And his love healed me on the inside. And his love put my heart back together and made it new. And if you're here and you've been uh, through some challenges with your earthly father, let's take a look at Psalm 68. 
Because, you know, you need to know God as Father to be a godly father. Did you guys hear that? You need to know God as your personal father if you're going to be a, a godly father to your kids. Okay? Psalm 68 verse 4 says it this way. Sing praises to the Lord. Raise your voice in song to him who rides upon the clouds. Jehovah is his name. Oh, rejoice in his presence. You can't really do that unless you realize how much he loves you. Verse 2. I'm verse 5. This, I love this. This changed my life. He is a father to the fatherless. No matter if you've been abused, uh, sexually or not, or verbally or physically, whatever has happened, God will heal that in you. God will put you back together again and make you whole. He is a father to the fathers. He'll never hurt you. Facebook, are you hearing me? He will never harm you. He will never do anything inappropriate to you. He'll never leave you or turn his back on you. He'll never lose his temper with you. He's the father you've always wanted. He's a father of the fathers. He gives justice to the widows. For he is holy. Look at verse 6. He gives families to the lonely. God gave me a family. My biological family was a mess, but I came to know Christ and he brought me, he brought God people into my life. And today, the body of Christ is closer to me than my biological family. They are more important to me. They're more influential to me. They're more relevant to me. They're, they're, they're my family. He gives families to the lonely and releases prisoners from jail, singing with joy. I love that. So dads, we want you to know God as your father. And the best way to know God as your father is to study Jesus. Isaiah called him everlasting father. Right? In Isaiah 9, 6, he shall be called everlasting father. Jesus said of himself, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father. So if you want to get to know God as your Father, study Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, and you'll see the heart of the Father. All right? Let's do this today in the time we have together. Let's look at Abraham because he is, he is the Father of our faith. Let's do this. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. Dads, you're strong. You're a blessing to your wives. You're a blessing to your children. You're a blessing to, to your workplace. You're a blessing to the world around you. God is living inside of you. Condemnation is never for you. Abraham, the father of our faith. Isn't this good? I just love the atmosphere in this place. I'm telling you, Jesus I feel the Holy Spirit wanting to heal and mend and let him do that. I'm telling you, you, we don't need, prayer lines are fine and sometimes we'll do those, but the healing is 24-7. It's right now. It can be in your car, it can be at the movies, wherever you're conscious of his presence. Let the healing of God manifest in your body as we're, as we're just doing this. Just let, let, let ears be open, let eyes be open, let hearts be made whole. Yes. So Abraham in Romans 4, let's start in verse 1. 
what then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? Zippo. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Let's keep reading. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham worked really hard to get his act together. Oh, wait a minute. No, let's read the New King James. Abraham believed God. This is your primary responsibility as a father. Not to bring home the bacon. I just thought of that commercial. I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan. It was a Chanel number five. <laughs> Never let you forget your little bacon. You remember that commercial? Anyway, <laughs> your primary responsibility is not bringing in income into your family. It's to believe God. Your primary responsibility is not to make the ends meet. This is shocking, isn't it? This is what we're told by the world. Dads, it's your responsibility. You better get up, get going, get moving. Break your back if you have to. Now, in one sense, the well-being of our family is our responsibility as a, a man. But we're not relying on ourselves and our own wisdom and strength to fulfill that responsibility. We're letting the Father fulfill it through us. Okay. Big difference. Yeah. You'll wear yourself out if you don't know this. The bills will come. This will pop up. Stress will come. you say, how are we going to do this? You'll look at your, your budget. You'll look at your ledger. You'll look at all your account statements and say, this is not going to be able to happen. And then if you're not careful, you'll act on fear yeah. instead of faith. Okay. Abraham believed God. Dads, that's your primary responsibility for your wife and for your children is to believe God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Wow, the benefits of believing God are off the charts. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. Is that verse 3? There we go. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Verse 4. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Now, we're not talking about not having a job here, okay? Right. It's important as dads that we work. It's not what it's saying, don't have a job. It's talking about uh, trying to obtain a standing before God through your own efforts. Trying to be righteous by doing on your own. That's what it's talking about. Do you see that? It's not saying you should be on the couch you know, sucking down ding-dongs every day. Nothing wrong with ding-dongs, but we do want to have a job. We do want to be utilizing the gifts God's put inside of us, not to make ends meet, but to fulfill our destiny. And laziness isn't a part of our nature anymore, 
right? We're strong. We're actively employed in God's destiny for our lives. So this is talking about our standing with him, our righteousness. Very important to understand that. So to him who works for righteousness, then it's not counted as grace but as a debt. Verse 5, but to him who does not work, does not try to achieve uh, righteousness with his own strength, does not try and please God with his own efforts, but believes on Jesus, on God the Father who justifies us through Jesus, who justifies the ungodly, his faith, the dad who's believing, is accounted for righteousness. And Satan, he uses the same things on all of us. He'll try and condemn you as a dad. Oh, you should have never have done that. You forgot to do that again. You did that again. And if you'll let the devil, he'll take you into a downward spiral. Condemnation is never for you dads. And it's never for your wives. Right? It's never for a child of God. Our righteousness is by believing on Christ. He justified us through faith in Christ. Let's jump to verse 16. This is so good. Romans is, is such a powerful revelation of the righteousness we have in Christ. Verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise would be what sure to everybody if you can earn this there are going to be some who can't right some will be disqualified if it's if you're the standard It must be by faith so that everyone can get this. And so that it can be guaranteed, sure and certain for anyone who believes this righteousness. And everything in our lives stems out of our knowledge of the righteousness we have in Christ. Amazing. And he does it to all of us. The the times I was challenged physically or, or emotionally with things, Satan would try and condemn me in the midst of that. Well, you're feeling the way you're sick now because, you know, you should have done that or you're not doing this. Or what's he doing? He's trying to move you from faith to works to disqualify you. We're not healthy because we eat perfectly physical food. And if you haven't read chapter 19 in Live the Let Go Life, we're going to be studying it this week in get-togethers. If you don't get the book, get it today and read that chapter. If I tell you a rooster can pull a freight train, (laughs) hook it up. Read chapter 19. It's called Let Go and Live Long. The secret to health is knowing Jesus is your health. It's not based on the changing conditions of the produce in the world, of the vegetables and the fruits and the meats and the, the conditions of our environment. It's based on what Christ has done for us. Read chapter 19. He believe, whom believed God, oh, excuse me, I jumped ahead there. So, uh, sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, that was the Jewish people, 
but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. That's us. Who is the father of us all. He's the father of the Jewish people. He's the father of those who have faith, if they have faith, right? As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. So the key to being God's child to knowing God as father is believing what he says. Just that simple. It's available to anyone who believes. Now, in the presence of him whom he believed, God, here we go, who gives life to the dead, that's impossible. Impossible, but God does it. He gives life to the dead. He makes the maimed whole, the lame walk, the blind. Everything God does is impossible. We may as well just realize that and move forward in it. Amen. You're going to see impossible things in your walk with God. That's his nature. He does things that we don't think are possible. God who gives life to the dead and calls things which do not exist as though they did. Now Abraham, who contrary to hope, next verse, who contrary to hope, that's the hope that the world has. When you wish upon a star. It's this, boy, I hope so. Wouldn't it be nice if that happened? Oh, cross your fingers, cross your toes. It doesn't work. That's the hope. that there's, It uses the word hope here twice, but they're two different hopes. Contrary to worldly hope, wishing upon a star, good luck, horoscopes, fortune tellers, contrary to those things, in Bible Jesus hope, confidence and certainty, believed. Really what makes the difference between the type of hope you have is the foundation of that hope. Where does your hope come from? When you're in the grocery line, do you have to pull the horoscopes out and see what the latest thing is? Okay, what's it say for me this month? Oh, no. Oh, really? That's amazing. No. no. Our hope's not in those things. No. Our hope is in Christ and Christ alone. That's right. That's right. So he became a father by putting his hope in, in God the Father. Now, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now, I like verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Already dead. In other words, he couldn't have children. That was the promise, right? He was beyond the age of, nat of natural childbearing, right? Well, he didn't bear them, but fathering a child biologically. I'm learning to speak English. You have to be patient with me. <laughs> so, uh, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his, his natural body and the age that he was, already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Okay, he's talking about not being able to produce a child. Do you understand what dead means there? Now look at verse 19 in the message. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. Now, his wife Sarah was barren her whole life, right? Even when she was younger and in the age of childbearing, she was, couldn't do it. She was barren. He didn't focus on these things and say it's hopeless. This 100-year-old body could never father a child. Now, here's a key, right? Nor did he survey. 
Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. Don't survey how long you've been dealing with the issues you've been dealing with. Don't do that. That's one of the devil's tricks. You've been dealing with this for six months, for two years, for five years, for ten years. Aren't you glad the man who was crippled for 38 years looked to Jesus? How many times did the devil tell him, listen, you've been like this for decades. You're kind of on your fourth decade. You can't be healed. Aren't you glad the woman who was suffering for 12 years decided not to survey her past, but survey Jesus? Father, survey, study Jesus. He's your present and he's your future. And if he has to, he'll go back and fix your past. You can't do that. Here it is, verse 20 through... Well, let's see how far we can get. Let's start in verse 20. This is in the Amplified. No unbelief or distrust made him waver. I like how the Amplified says this. It's almost as if it's addressing unbelief and distrust as a personality or a spirit, which it is. Now, in in our fleshly nature, we can, you know, distrust and unbelief but you need to know there are spirits of wickedness trying to foster unbelief and distrust in you so that you won't receive and enjoy what Christ has provided for you no unbelief if it's unbelief it's not God period If it's anything mildly contrary to the finished work of Christ, it's never your father. Never. If it's anything less than with the stripes that wounded Jesus, I have been healed, it's not your father. He doesn't speak any other language. And he never will. He is truth. If it's anything less than my God shall supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, it's not your father. You need to recognize the con men that come to your door, dads. I'm talking about ideas and thoughts, spirits. No spirit of darkness, no ideology, no philosophy made him waver, doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. How is that possible? What was Abraham's secret? He grew strong. Yes. He wasn't always strong. Yes. Uh-huh. Devil condemn you for not being always strong. Right. He grew strong and was empowered by faith. How? As he gave praise and glory to God. Don't go fast here. Eat this up. Come on, get your fork. Cut it with your knife here. Little bites. So Abraham, no unbelief or distrust, distrust could get him to budge off of God's promise. How did that happen? He grew strong. He was empowered by faith as... He praised God. 
Look at the next verse. Fully satisfied and assured because everything looked perfect in his life. No. Far from it. Far from it. In fact, let's pause here. We're looking at Abraham as our father. Do you know that Abraham grew up in an in a idol worship culture? In an idol worship culture? His dad and he and his family worshipped idols? Things were far from perfect in his life. Far from perfect. But he's in a different place now. God has spoken to him. He left those things. God has given him promises. So now instead of focusing on the culture he grew up in, he's surveying and focusing on the promise his God has given him. And he becomes fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to do the impossible in his life to make he and his wife vital and fertile baby producers. That God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. I want you to connect these two verses in your Bible, verses 20 and 21. We grow strong not by everything being perfect in our life. If you're waiting for that to happen, good luck. We grow strong by believing what God has promised us, grabbing a hold of it, and then beginning to praise Him that it is so now in our lives, regardless of what it looks like. So many are waiting to feel better before they praise Him. I can't tell you the number of times in the last 20 years, I felt terrible, but I'd be jumping up and down in my closet giving praise to God that I was healed. I don't know how many times. I've been enjoying divine health for over 20 years, but it's been challenged on several occasions. This isn't a fluffy uh, pansy, la, la, la kind of thing. We're mighty warriors in Christ. We're not foolish to think that everything's going to be roses on planet earth. We're in enemy territory. Satan will challenge you. Come on, dads. God said, be strong and very courageous. Why? Because we're in enemy territory. We would need to say that if we weren't going to be challenged. The Bible's full of challenges. The devil trying to steal the promises, the word of God from people's lives. Be aware, fathers. Recognize this unbelief, this condemnation. This is really for all of us, whether you're a father or not, isn't it? Don't you love the word of God? Jesus. So this is what we do, dads. We study Jesus. We cannot get enough of him. We're in his word daily. Not because we're trying to earn a stair, climb the stairway to heaven. Because we realize we can't do anything apart from him. Man, I, I listened to a podcast, not the whole thing, but some of it this morning when I was showering. Bill Winston, Contending for the Faith, episode three. Get a shower, pop that thing, turn and crank it up. So I haven't washed my hair, couldn't hear it. So I said, what was it? 
But I paid it on anyway. I listened to, before I went to bed, listened to a couple different ones. Jen Tringale, I was listening to the Prophecy. I listened to her message earlier in the day. Uh, Bill Winston, Joseph Prince, uh, Jeremy Pearsons. Man, get this stuff inside of you. Listen, the degree to which you listen and meditate is directly related to the degree you realize how much you need him. So if you're going through days without doing this, you're basically, you don't know it, but you're saying, I got this. You know, I, I've heard that before. I can, you know, I'm, I'm good. You're not. You need a steady flow of Jesus in your life. And listen, the primary way to hear is you saying it with your mouth. So you need to be saying what God has promised for you and for your family. One of the, the, my favorite things to do as a father when our children were first born, newborns, just in the hospital and home from the hospital, I would just hold them in my arms and I'd walk sometimes at night for an hour, maybe more. Just me and a little baby and I'd be speaking the word of God over them. Amen. Sometimes two or three hours. Just, just you're healed, you're whole, you're strong, your destiny is fulfilled. God has gone before you. The Word of God is inside of you. And, and I do that now, although I can't hold them anymore. <laughs> Too big. But when I'm, I'm in my time with the Lord, I'm speaking over their lives. They don't even know it. See, now we're into the, being the position of a father. The position of a father is first and foremost to believe God for your marriage and your family. To believe God for your marriage and your family, and then to speak life over your marriage and family. That's the position of a father. To believe God, and then to speak life over your family. And to call things as though they are in your family, to call things that are not as though they are. If something's missing in your family, call it forth, dads. Speak it forth. Call it forth. It's your position as a father. Whatever it is, finances, joy, peace, strength, wisdom, clarity, provision. Dads, you're in, that, you're in a position of the one who calls forth what's in your family. Isn't this good? Yes. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Good word. Hallelujah. Yes. I just want to make sure we get everything in here. You know, being a father is a selfless position. It really is. The devil wants to turn the focus on us, right? right. What you can do what you can't do, how hurt you are, how offended you are, and all that stuff. And all that does is make you weak and discourage you. But this position of a father believes God, speaks life over the family, calls things that are not as though they are. This position of a father is giving your whole self to Christ. This is no game. This is no religion. This is about 100% of your heart being in his hands 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
This is giant killing stuff. This is give me my mountain stuff. Luke chapter 9, the position of a father. Verse 23. Then Jesus said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. So my wife can't offend me. This is no joke. She can't. Because I died. I was crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross once a year on Easter when he comes to church. Every day. Come on, don't be weak. Be strong. It's time for everyday believers, everyday fathers, not in our own strength, but in the strength of Christ. He picks up his cross daily and he follows me. Verse 24, for whoever wants to save his life is going to lose it. If you get into that, she offended me and they did this and I shouldn't have been in it, you're going to lose your life. Don't go there. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life from me will save it. If fathers and, and, and wives would grab a hold of this ver- verse, you'd never see a divorce again in the body of Christ. Never again. You got too much car- too many carnal Christians expecting from God. But they're not doing what he said. They're not following his instructions for marriage. It only works God's way. Your way doesn't work. I'm sorry to break the news to you, but your way's not going to work. My way doesn't work because I'm not the way. And you ain't either. Jesus is. So let's follow his way. Wow. I like how God says one plus one equals two. Thank you. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world? And his peers think he's a great guy and lose or forfeit his very self. See, the position of a father is in his private life. When no one's around, he's worshiping God. He's not online. He's not in pornography. He's not doing things he'd be ashamed of. When no one else is around, he's worshiping his father. He's listening for the direction of God for his family. See, Abraham believed God. It says in, don't stay there for a minute. He says in Hebrews eleven eight that he believed God even though he didn't know where he was going. Fathers, you're in a position to know the direction of God for your family. You can't do that watching pornography. You can't. It'll warp your mind. Which is why it's just gone rampant in, among fathers. I forget the stats, and I'm, I don't even plan on saying any of this. Keep focus on the Holy Spirit. Somewhere along the line, I heard stats about guys traveling in hotel rooms. And I believe, if I remember, I was even ministers. 
that the movies they rented when they were in their room, the pornography that they chose to buy, what does that do? See, you're off privately in a room somewhere filling your mind with, with immorality, and you're not realizing it's impacting your marriage and your children. What you do in private affects every area of your life, even though no one may know about it. Why? Because we're spirits. We're spirits. You're not a, a, a block of wood. You're made in the image of God. And, and that's the thing about, about sexual purity. Paul said it's a, it's a special relationship. That if you unite yourself with a prostitute, you defile your spirit. This is not condemnation. We're talking about being a father. And there is, there is new life for prostitutes. If you're a prostitute, you can be made new through faith in Jesus. We're not condemning anyone. But do you know Jesus said anyone who looks lustfully at another woman has already committed adultery? Am I making that up? Why? He understands how we're made. So if I, in the position of a father, if I'm allowing my mind to be full of that garbage, I'm committing adultery. If that's been you, stop it. Now. It will ruin you and your family. And they won't even know it hit them. It'll manifest in ways that seem unrelated. But don't be a fool. The father is the gateway to his family. The Father is God's gateway into the home. Man, it's time to be man. It's time to realize what it is to be a man. I can't afford to go on YouTube and watch things. I was in the Apple store the other day getting, getting something, and someone walked up by and put this pornographic video on one of the iMacs that was posted there, or that was out, you know. No way. That's not for me. Ah. Ah. No way. I'm sitting there waiting for my genius guy to come from the genius bar. You know, and someone walks by and boom, right in front of me. What's Satan trying to do? Come on, man. Don't be fooled. He's going to try and tempt you in all kinds of ways. Recognize it for it's just It's just Satan. He's got nothing in you. He's got nothing in you. You're a new creation in Christ. There ain't no way we're going there. There's no way we're going to intoxicate ourselves with a drug. No way. There's no way we're going to get drunk. No way. We're the gateway of God to our families. You're the king of your home. Drunkenness is not for kings. I did not plan on saying any of this. And let me just help you out. When you come to a church like this, the Holy Spirit's going to speak. Don't think that the pastor is speaking to you because you said something to him. Just let the Holy Spirit encourage you. Sin is sin, and it stinks. It's devastating to fatherhood. It's devastating to fatherhood. It's devastating to your personal well-being. The more you give yourself to Jesus, dads, the clearer God's vision will become for your life and for your family. That's right. 
Give your whole self to Jesus. You've heard me say this before. God doesn't ask for much, just everything, right? We don't have time to spend on sin. We have a destiny to fill, and I don't know if Jesus is coming back at 2 o'clock today or, or in 20 years. I don't know, but I know I've got to maximize every moment of my life by setting my heart on him. I can't afford to take my eyes off the road. Now, let me read you. I read this a few weeks ago. I want to read it again. This is from Billy Graham. And he said this about following Christ. He said, you see, Jesus doesn't simply call us to believe that he existed. That's not going to help you. Or even to believe that he can save us. He calls on us to commit our whole lives to him to trust him alone for our salvation, and then to follow him as his disciples. Your identity, dads, is the disciple of Christ, a son of God. He said, anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Is Christ, he asked the question, Billy Graham does, he says, is Christ the master of your life? Is he the master of your heart? How you know what you do when no one else is around. See, this has crept into the church. How many ministers do we know who have disgraced the gospel by getting involved in, in adulterous relationships and pornography over the years? I'm not putting them down. God's grace is available and God can restore anybody. But I want, I'm, I'm recognizing the elephant in the room. I'm telling you, pornography and sexual immorality have gone off the charts in the body of Christ among ministers. And so many ministers who have a calling in their life have, have failed to understand that it's your private life that enables God to promote you, not your public life. If we don't know Jesus in private, we don't know him. Is Christ the master of your life? Have you put to death your own plans? <laughs> Hurts so good. It's like John Cougar Mellicat. <laughs> Have you put to death your own plans and committed yourself to his will for your life? Fatherhood. This is what a father does. Don't be satisfied with anything less than the will of God for your life. For there is no greater joy in life than following Christ every day. Say it, Billy. That's from Billy Graham. Dads, there is no greater joy than intimacy with Jesus Christ every day. My favorite thing to do in life is to get alone. I have a walk-in closet. I go in there, I close the door, and I just experience Jesus. I love it. It changes me. It changes my family. It changes my perspective. Yes. And I'm trying to remember who I heard it say. One of the world changers in history of ministers said, 
if I have, when I see that I have more things to do today, I know that I need more time with him. See, the world says you got more to get going. You can pray later. Uh -uh. I have to be with my father regularly. I have to. I have to daily bread. Bingo. So you know, do you know why God picked Abraham? Any idea? Well, we don't have to guess. The Bible tells us in Genesis 18, 19. I, like, I don't like guessing. I like to let the word of God define me. This is what God's testimony of Abraham was. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. I know him. That's the most important part of that verse right there. And because it comes through relationship, not through legalistic ideas. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. The Lord may bring upon him, uh, excuse me, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. That's why the Lord chose him. God is a calling for you, dads. Are you willing to be the gateway of God for your family? Listen, we've all messed up. There are no perfect fathers except God the Father. Don't get down if you've done some stupid things. Welcome to the club. I've done plenty of them myself. But it's a new day today. We're going forward, not backwards. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He's covered every sin with the blood of his son. And we're new and we're clean. Hallelujah. So dads, your private time will prepare you to stand in the face of contrary circumstances and speak life over your family. Okay? See, we went to basic training in the military. Why? Why did they put us through that? Because <laughs> they knew we had to be strong to face contrary circumstances. Don't mix up God's strong commandment with legalism. We do the word. James says, I'm all about the grace of God. But James says, you, you tell me about your faith. I'll show you my faith by the actions, by the works, the things I do in my life. I'm, gonna I'm showing you my faith by the way I live on a daily basis. There's this, don't get into works with this. The point is this, if you're really believing him, it will manifest in your private life. If it hasn't manifested in your private life, you're not focusing on him enough. It's just that simple. You haven't given enough of yourself to him. Wow. fathers with all the mistakes that Abraham made. And if you'll read through, he made a bunch of them. He lied. He, he distanced himself from his wife so he wouldn't get killed. Right? Have you read? So be encouraged, dads. Listen, be encouraged. With all the mistakes Abraham made, God calls him the father of our faith. Why is that? Because when you put your faith 
in what God has done for you. He doesn't see your mistakes. He sees you as, your chi- as his child. And his testimony about you will be that. You're my son. You're my son. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're a man of faith. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this time together in your word. Holy Spirit, I'm just amazed. I've been watching you week in and week out, doing what you're doing in our lives. Father, help us to get on board. Lord, help us to be wise and recognize the Satan's schemes and not go there. To not be offended, but to grab a hold of what you're doing in our midst. It's time for men to be men in your family. It's time for fathers to be fathers, to stop complaining and start praising you. Lord, I lift up the fathers that are here today, that on Facebook, that may be watching this video or hearing this message now or later. Lord, strengthen the fathers. Let them know that through faith in you, they've become new men, that sin has zero hold on them, that they are strong in the Lord and in your mighty power, that they are your sons, that they are conquerors, mighty warriors, giant killers, mountain takers, that they would be strong and very courageous, brave and fearless, bold and certain, and sure every day by believing you and praising you that every promise you've made is yes and amen in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.